What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Welcome into another edition of Star's Edge, the Dallas Star show of record on Sports Radio 967 and The Ticket. Ryan Baldwin, your weekday morning ticker man here to guide you through a high-scoring week of Star's action. In about 15 minutes, I'll be joined by Connor Caldwell as we discuss our expectations for the Stars in the second half of the season. And later on, bring you Star's audio you may have missed from the week. But first, let's take a look back at that Star's week that was. After going 2-1 on a three-game road trip out of the All-Star break, Dallas returned home for their first matchup of the year against the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday. Dallas lost both meetings last season, but took the first lead midway through the period thanks to the Avengers. Overtime has been the theme with these two teams. Their last three meetings all went to overtime. Here's Rope Hintz starting in. Fake the shot, he scores! He got Kachetkov to open up on the fake, slid it home. And Rope Hintz opens the scoring halfway through the first. Such a good sign. You can see that the Hurricanes were swarming one side of the ice. And off the turnover and the puck battle, the Stars exposed that. The fake slapper, Kochenkov's way out on his angle to challenge the shot. And by making him flinch, he opened up some space. If he just stays in the butterfly, it dribbles right into him. Moved too much, created his own hole. Rope hints 23rd of the year, gave the Stars the 1-0 lead, which they would hold only until 13 seconds into the second period. And the Hurricanes would tie the game. Mason Marchment would restore the Dallas lead just five minutes later. Matt Duchesne gallops in for Dallas. Holds up, looking for help. Found it in Lundquist. Down the near side, behind the net, the defenseman deep. Pass to the left, they score! Marchment! He extends his point streak to seven games. The Stars get the lead back. Slip of the puck by Matt Duchesne. Takes the line, little button hook, understands he has a defenseman coming. Terrific work by Lundquist to drive deep with it, and I think Marchman came off the Stars bench. No Canes picked him up, just laid it into the wheelhouse. Tyler Sagan, all he had to do was get out of the way, and he barely did that. However, Dallas would once again be unable to hold the lead as Carolina scored their second with five to go in the middle frame. The 2-2 tie would remain until 4.35 into the final period when Jason Robertson would put the Stars up for good. With Bannon, Wyatt, Johnston again, they, they played together in past, and he's been the most dangerous guy on that line, although all the guys had opportunity. There's Robertson, he scores! Jason Robertson restores the Dallas lead, it's 3-2. Are up and loud here at American Airlines Center. Transition, it's, it's Robertson way back in his own zone. Little physicality and neutral ice, and the Stars win neutral ice. That's the way Hint scored back in the first period. They own the middle of the rink, set it up from there. Robertson on his off wing just takes a little swerve and basically just beats the Carolina netminder. Perfect shot. 
You can see how the stick gets in the way of goaltenders on that side. Just for good measure, Matt Duchesne fired in his 19th of the year on an empty Carolina net. Terrible and funnels low for Ajo. Extra attacker is out there for the Canes as Kachetkov on the bench. The Stars will play it all the way down. A bouncing puck is going to hit Painter. And Matt Duchesne from the Stars zone will send a bouncer into the empty net and give the Stars their first multi-goal game. Good at one of the areas is six on five. When they pull their goaltender, they haven't scored a lot. I think they only have one. And they've given up a lot of these and from his own zone. Again, the Stars able to win the, the puck battle on their end boards and behind the net. Perfect plot by Duchesne. Jake Ottinger saved 32 of 34 shots and first star of the game en route to his 19th win of the season as the Stars cruise to a 4-2 victory over the Hurricanes. Dow Stars would head out on a one-game road trip on Thursday to Nashville for the season series finale against the Predators. With the players' moms joining in on the trip, Dallas would put on a show starting just 35 seconds into the first period, courtesy of Sam Steele. Same lineup for the Stars that they had from a couple nights ago, their 4-2 victory over Carolina. Steele rushes back in, his reach shot, score! Soros got a piece, but it got past him. And just 35 seconds into the game, Sam Steele and the Stars storm out of the gates. Well, it was a, a disastrous turnover by, I think it was McCarron in neutral ice who had the puck. The Stars were just trying to get their change in. Instead, it's turned over and using Chen, the defenseman, as a screen, he went down on one knee. Steele takes the wrister. It clicks off the left arm of a stunned UC Soros. Steele's seventh of the season would start an avalanche of scoring for the Stars, with Matt Duchesne adding a goal against his former team four minutes later. Stripping it away is Marchman. He'll catch up to it. Mason Marchman has help. Matt Duchesne, he scores! And there it is. Matt Duchesne gets his 20th of the year and gets a goal back here in Nashville to double the Dallas lead. Well, Klee High and Giddy Up Yaya for Matt Duchesne. I don't know what Roman Yossi was thinking. He was dead tired at the end of a shift. Last guy back, he tries a spinorama pass right into the middle of the ice. Obviously a turnover. They burped that one up. Mason Marchman changes the point of attack. No chance whatsoever. An explosive celebration, uh, celebration by Duchesne. Duchesne's 20th of the season doubled the Stars' lead, but it wouldn't stop there as Craig Smith would also get a goal against his longtime team. They've had a tough time passing to one another here tonight so far. They've, they've turned the puck over a lot. Suter the law, paw down, follow-up Dallas, steal in front, score! Craig Smith, all the former Preds getting into the act early, and it is all Dallas, three to nothing. Well, it's the latest turnover. I think it was Lozon, the defenseman back there, trying to play it out of midair above him, and ultimately ends up just, just giving it back to the Stars. Error, E3, I guess you'd call that, as Steele and Smith combine, you know, wide open. It, it's a, a shocker to the defenses, and Smith just opens himself up. Looked like a goal scorer there, dropped down to the one knee, and right in the crease area is able to hammer it into the yawning net. The Stars would extend the three-goal lead to four just three minutes later, thanks to Wyatt Johnston. Now Lindell 
Over to the left wing side, Harley in front, pinballs around, it's loose, and scored! Johnston at the side of the crease. It is 4-0 Dallas. An avalanche of goals early on. Well, there, there's absolutely no competitive spirit in the Predators, and they got standing in their own zone. They look confused in their defensive zone coverage. It's not like the Stars are doing anything exotic against them. You know, this is the first time that it's been puck movement for the Stars that has actually created the goal. But it was a Predator, Yossi, in front of the net that touched it before the Stars scored again. The Stars completed their domination in the first period with a 4-0 lead while outshooting the Predators 18-1 in the opening 20. It wouldn't take long for the Stars to advance their lead as early in the middle period, number four would score goal number five for the Stars. They've got some tired Preds out there on the ropes. Tip, saved by Lincoln and rebound. Lincoln and made that save, kept alive, and then Haskinen scores from a tight angle. They had glorious opportunities in desperation. Lankinen and the Preds held them off until Miro Haskinen becomes the fifth star scorer in the game. It is 5-0. Well, that's aggressive. And, and a lot of Wyatt Johnston. He had that wonderful chance on a, on a block shot, drilled it right into the saber tooth on the chest of Lankinen. And then once it went down deep, Miro Haskinen red-zoned it. Miro's sixth of the year would be countered by the first goal of the game from the Predators halfway through the period. But just a minute later, Tyler Sagan would restore the Stars' five-goal lead on the power play. Forward for Haskinen. Left side, there is Duchesne. His shot snapped. Lincoln made the save. Rebound. Score! Tyler Sagan as it dribbled loose. And Sagan joins Duchesne in the 20-goal club. His 20th of the year, his first on the power play this season, and the Stars' lead is back to five. We were just talking about this the other night. Uh, how many goals would Tyler have? There's no question he'd be leading the team in goal scoring if he was more of a focal point on the power play as he has been in his career. But how do you argue with the, the guy that he would be out there for, which is Joe Pavelski, who leads the Stars in power play goals with nine. It's a gift. The shot uncontrollable for Lankinen. A big boxum rebound off his chest. A little help down crease side by Wyatt Johnston, Mason Marchman, and Tyler gets a yawning cage. Dallas would allow one more goal 30 seconds later, and in the waning seconds of the second, Matt Duchesne would score his second of the day. Get it back between the blue lines. Tyler Sagan feeds it. Duchesne comes loose. Waits backhand. He scores! He's got his second of the game here in Music City. And the Stars get their seventh to lead it 7-2 in the closing seconds of period two. Well, some mild cognitive impairment defensively by the Nashville Predators. It's the latest turnover though. McDonough, the veteran defenseman, just tosses it into neutral ice. It comes back to bite them. Lausanne does not pick up. Duchesne breaking through the middle. Tyler Sagan spies him, sets his table. Didn't have to cut his meat, he cuts his own meat. I don't think he got the shot off completely that he wanted, but it was raised enough that it glanced off the left pad, the top of the left pad of Lankinen. Stars wouldn't be content with their 7-2 lead after two periods. 3.50 into the third, Ty Delandria would add his name to the goal column. Jason Robertson. 
Brings it across the blue line, pass to the right, then a sharp angle shot, score! What a rocket! Tied to Landria. All the chances he's had the last couple of games and an absolute missile for the eighth Stars goal tonight. And that was in and out in a hurry. Right off the white curve back bar. Uh, Stars gobble it up. What a pass by Robertson from the left wing side. Jason always extends those shifts, puts it off the boards, the bank, short side man. That thing was hammered past the glove hand side, short side shoulder. It just brushed the jersey and then rode the back pipe out the other side. And five minutes after that, Wyatt Johnston would capitalize on a power play to put a bow on the Stars' night. Prime opportunity for Duchesne to pot the third. He lingers on the left side. They feed to Johnston and he scores. It is the ninth Dallas goal. Johnston on the power play, he's got a two-goal game. And the Stars just stamping exclamation points all over the Bridgestone Arena scoreboard. Uh, it's worth noting, too, like, like normally in an 8-2 game, you're not going to trot out your, your normal power plays and all that. But when, when you feel like a team is taking liberties against some of your players, and it's goofy things like McCarron just did, there we go, there's the 85-foot state of shame for McCarron now is uh, he is toast you know the stars brought out Duchesne in the power play you know the big group Duchesne on hat trick watch all of that and that's that's a little message from the star side of things Dallas's 9-2 thrashing of Nashville set a season scoring high and was their fourth game of the season with eight or more goals most in the NHL the high-scoring affair also put 10 Dallas players into 30 points or more. Last year, the Stars had just eight players with 30-plus all season. And that takes us into the Saturday afternoon matinee matchup against the Edmonton Oilers. 0-0 game in the first exploded with six total goals into the second, where the 3-3 score would hold all the way into the third period and into regulation, where the Oilers would pick up the extra point scoring in overtime and winning 4-3 over the Dallas Stars. We'll take a break, and when we come back, I'll be joined by Connor Caldwell to discuss our second-half expectations for your Dallas Stars here on Stars Edge on the Ticket. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. It's always football season, wherever you listen. Welcome back to the All Dallas Stars All the Time show on Sports Radio 967 1310 The Ticket. It's Stars Edge with your co-hosts Ryan Baldwin and Connor Caldwell, your weekday morning ticker man and weekend board op extraordinaire respectively. And the Stars are off to a great start since the All-Star break. In the lead in the Central Division, the team appears to be firing on all cylinders and coming together quite nicely. It's time to talk expectations for your Dallas Stars in the second half of the season because, Connor, if we had high expectations to start the season, they appear to be just as high, if not higher, after the All-Star break. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. 8-1-1 one one, last 10 games. Stars are the highest scoring team in the NHL, averaging just under four goals a game. And they're getting everybody involved, from first line to fourth line. 
Lots and lots of goal scoring, 44 goals in the last 10 games. And Jake Ottinger's on fire right now. They're really hot. And uh, one of the top teams in the NHL is reading. They do the NHL Sweet 16, Super 16, whatever. And a lot of the riders have the stars in, at least in the top four. Yeah, and they were right up there. A lot of hockey riders had them as the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. And if when you get a team that's playing like they are now, it's kind of hard to argue with them. I know that throughout the early part of the season, they left a lot of points on the table, and they didn't necessarily necessarily look as good as people thought they would be. But I think a lot of that had to do with Jake Ottinger not really playing up to his standard. And since he's come back from that injury, and you may recall, I did say all the way back then, I think it was uh, like in early January when we did an episode, or maybe it was right when he got hurt in December. I called this a while ago. I said that if he gets a lot of rest out of this and comes back healthy, he's going to be set for the rest of the season because that was something that he kind of appeared to struggle with last year in the playoffs was he just seemed like he got worn down. Since he came back from injury, which was January 12th, he has lost two games and won 10, including seven in a row. It's the Jake Ottinger that you need and the Jake Ottinger that the Stars need to make a deep playoff run. And I think that's the most exciting part of the team now. Yeah, they're scoring a lot of goals, but it was always before Jake Ottinger got hurt, it was like, man, can we outscore our problems and win five to four. Now you are seeing the stars give up less goals and continue to score at the same pace. And I think that's the most exciting part for me is that Jake Ottinger seems to be back. Yeah. Jake Ottinger definitely is back. It's very exciting to have that, especially as the stars are rolling in towards the end of the season, heading into the playoffs and having that first seed, securing that first seed is really nice. Plus they could get home ice advantage depending on how the race goes with the Canucks who are currently first in the Western conference and would have outright um, home ice advantage. And another player that is coming back from injury that for me is a really crucial part of the team. And in terms of getting this team ready for the playoffs, Miro Haskinen, he's playing the best hockey of his life right now. And he's got a pretty good blue line partner um, that's in his first full season as a Dallas star. Um, Thomas Harley going off right now with 13 goals, 18 assists in his 51 games played as plus 17, one of the top plus uh, minus defensemen in the league. And the Avengers line back together, Pavelski, Roberts, and Hintz. Um, in the last 10 games, they've combined for eight goals. Marchment, Duchesne, and Sagan have been the best line as of late and arguably the entire season, 34 points in the last 10 games, 13 goals combined. And the stars are just balanced really well. Uh, the power play, 13th in the league and 22.4% efficiency. And the penalty kill as of late hasn't been good. It's dipped a little bit, but still 7th in the league in PK. And uh, there's just a lot going right for the stars right now. And you mentioned the balance. I mentioned this to... Uh, Travis Mejia, the producer of The Invasion earlier, and he used it in an interview with Josh Bogorod and didn't even credit me with the stat because it's an excellent stat. But uh, yeah, I'm calling you out, Travis. The Stars, through 54 games, have 
10 skaters with 30-plus points. They had eight with 30-plus points all of last year. They are, and, you know, Jason Robertson, 100-plus points last year, definitely not on pace to make it this year. A very outside chance. He needs to average, like, two points per game to to get to 100. But I think I would take the re- the entire Stars offense clicking altogether and having four lines that can hurt you no matter who's out there than having Robo put up together another 100-point season. Like, it, you need depth scoring when it comes to the playoffs. We've seen that with the Stars. Look how much better the Stars looked in the playoffs last year when three out of the four lines were absolutely destroying. It was really two out of four. There's a couple times where lines would disappear, but you had at least two out of four looking good. And then compare that to the year before when it was if Robo, Rope, and Pavelski don't score, you just lose. So once you get to the playoffs, this team, situated as it is now, is better off than I think they were even last year. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I'm liking the way the Stars power play has come together this season as they basically have two first-line power plays with Pavelski, Hintz, Jamie Benn, Robertson, and Haskinen on technically power play one. And then Marchment, Johnston, Duchesne, Harley, and Sagan on power play two. Those are 10 outstanding offensive players that any team in the league would love to have on their their depth chart. And, you know, this, the Stars have been uh, in talks of being a trade deadline team looking for a solid, you know, second or third line defenseman. Um, there aren't a ton out there in terms of like good cap where it makes sense for the stars. And I'm not sure the stars are ready to part ways with any guys on the roster right now and how this team is gelling within, within the locker room. Um, I wanted to get your standpoint on that as like, what do you think would be a move the stars would do? Or do you think it's more valuable to keep things going the way it is right now? since they're first place, you know? Well, I think, and so this is my first expectation for the second half, is I actually expect the Stars to not make a move before the trade deadline. I think it'd have to be a very serious injury, one that would put a member of the blue line specifically out for an extended period of time for them to make a trade. Dodonov's out four to six weeks, but... You don't even really... I mean, he. you do care because it's Dodonov. He's been a big part of this team ever since he came over in last year's trade deadline. But you're almost looking at it going like, man, is this the time where Stankoven or Bork get to come up and shine? I mean, that you're not really worried about forward depth and you're not really worried about your goaltender depth barring an injury, which there's not really anything you can do about at that point. But I trust Jim Nill to make a move that he feels won't destroy what he has in order to bring a big name in, right? Like, we, there was a bunch of big names out there last year that he could have swung for the fences for. And I think, in an, you know, a slight against Jim Nill, that was something that he did quite a bit of when he first got here. He made a bunch of big moves, signed a bunch of big contracts that didn't end up panning out. And so I think that after that is when he kind of started to shift gears and said, we're going to build from the draft and build from within, and we can make these small moves, these seemingly innocuous moves. We can bring in Joe Pavelski for a year. And how, how many times have they kept bringing back <laughs> Joe Pavelski for a year? Yeah. They can trade away, you know, Gurionov, who is a former first-round pick but hasn't produced, and bringing a guy who, on paper, is basically the same value player, 
in Dodonov, but he has shown far more than uh, Gurionov did. And you went go and get Max Domi in a trade that gets rid of a bunch of cap space or uh, you know cap heavy players like Kudobin. And Domi was an instant fan favorite, and you could argue didn't even reach his full potential that he could have with the Stars. So I trust Jim Nill. I think he's looking at this now going, you know, we're not one big blue line trade away. I think he's looking at it going, I need a guy who can I can maybe rotate in on the blue line, and that doesn't have to cost me an arm and a leg. That can cost me a late round pick or that can cost me maybe some prospect that's not Stankoven or Bork or something like that. I think he's looking at this and most importantly, I think he's looking at it at the mind of this team has the capability. We're talking about expectations. This team has the capability to be a contender for several years in a row. If I don't go and blow it up now when I don't need to. So my expectation is actually that, he's not going to make a move unless he feels it is a slam dunk. And it's, I, even if he does make a move, I, it's not going to be a big name defenseman that everybody's going to be excited for. It's going to be another one of those, you know, Gurionov for Dodonov type deals that on paper doesn't look like much, but winds up being the perfect fit for what they need. Yeah. It's kind of that debate of what the stars need to win now. And we, you know, have talked about on the show multiple times. The Stars have a cup window right now, but they'll have it for, you know, five plus years, it feels like. And you talk to Stars fans right now, and it doesn't feel like it's been a drought, but it has been 25 years since the Stars have won a cup. They've got a lot of veteran players on the roster right now. We've talked about Pavelski. Ryan Suter, 39 years old at the end of this career, looking for their first Stanley Cup. This could definitely be the year with or without a trade deadline acquisition. Like if the Stars got Hannafin, or Tanev, or Barry, which is very pie in the sky, they would still be heavy favorites. And without those guys, they're still heavy favorites. Right, and so um, why, like, that may cost you... If you're saying, okay, I'll increase my Stanley Cup chances by, let's say, 10%, but lower them by 20% in the following years because of the piece we'd have to give away, I don't think I'd take that deal right now. I think the stars are built really well right now to have a solid chance at it and you don't need to blow that up over three four over after the next three or four years just to try and get an extra 10 percent now because that's the other thing is like i don't think any of those names puts you over the top right there's nobody out there that i'm looking at going this guy right here wins you a stanley cup championship yeah if my my memory you know, comes to, to fruition here. It's like it's the Max Domi thing last season. We thought that that could be the key. You know, there's that one key that needs to be filled. And I think that key that needs to be filled this year is someone to play with Ryan Suter. I mean, he's been great that's for a 39-year-old veteran Hayskinen. player. Yeah, that's not named Mira Haskin because Mira Haskin in playing with Thomas Harley brings out the best in both of those players. And Essa Lindell and Yanni Hockenpar are a pair. Um, I saw this article talking about David Savard of Montreal coming in, 33 years old, He's got 3.5 on his contract, I believe. And if they were to do a one-for-one, the Stars would have to get rid of erotic Foxa or something along those lines of a contract where it's one-for-one. And in my opinion, Nils Lundqvist has been excellent this season, filling in his role. Joel Hanley's also a solid option to to step in there. But I think if, you know, 
I know Lundqvist got injured. He should be okay in a couple of weeks, depending on how significant the injury is. But for those players to step up, and you know, we talked about Dodonov being out. Sam Steele is stepping up huge. Ty Delandria is stepping in huge, and those players are on contract years, going to be restricted free agents. I think the stars within their organization have players um, looking to stand out and, and fill those roles, so that the stars don't have to go. Tr- they don't have to trade Roddick Fox, so they don't have to give up a first round pick because the stars are still building, and those untouchables we've talked about, Stankoven and Bork. You know, if they get an opportunity to perform in the playoffs, that's huge for them. But obviously, like they're having MVP seasons in the AHL. Things are extremely, extremely good around here. So I don't think, I mean, maybe Jim Neal has something up his sleeve. But like you said, I, I would be kind of surprised if the Stars even made a move at all. All right, then to wrap up, Stars have a difficult schedule for the rest of the month. A bunch of playoff-bound teams on the schedule. It's a big test. What are your expectations for how they finish the regular season? You know, I expect them to keep this thing rolling. Um, If you look across the way in the Central Division, the Avalanche, the Jets are struggling as of late, but you can't rely on that to, you know, say, okay, we want to get first place in the Central Division this season. The Stars kind of did that last year. A lot of overtime losses kind of bit them in the end where they didn't get that first seed. Ultimately, didn't matter, but it's... It's one of those things you fight for to begin the season, and watching Jake Ottinger the play the play the way that he's playing, uh, Thomas Harley is having an outstanding first full season as a Dallas Star, and the cohesion in the locker room, the chemistry. I'd like to see it get rolling. I know they've got some tough Eastern Conference opponents, but at least get a point in those. If you take it to overtime, get at least a point in those. If you you know if you're, it's a tough game against Boston. Tough game against the Rangers. Um, we've got a few against the Avalanche and Jets still. Um, take care of business when you're playing the teams like Anaheim. They got San Jose twice. Um, I expect the Stars to get over 50 wins and to get that first seed. That's my expectation right now with the way that they're playing and the recency bias of Jake Ottinger being outstanding out of the All-Star break. I am also expecting a top of the central finish, and I think we'll know basically by March 8th how right we are right because you got boston new york ottawa carolina again the uh you got rangers first new york then islanders then you finish february with colorado and winnipeg and then after that you've got as you mentioned san jose twice and then anaheim so basically you position yourself with 28 games remaining you position yourself really really well if you win seven out of your next 10. And if you can pick up an overtime loss here, if you can go seven, two and one in your next 10 against this stretch of teams, you are looking really, really good for a top of the central division. So I think, and I think they can do it. I think Pete DeBoer has done such a good job of scrambling up lines and finding what works. And I mean, yeah, Evgeny Dodonov goes down, and what do the Stars do that week? They beat the Hurricanes 4-2, and they score nine against Nashville. So (laughs) Pete DeBoer's got this team figured out. He knows who he can put with who, and I think the Stars are just brimming with confidence right now, and I fully expect him to win the Central Division. But we'll have to see how that shakes out over the next 28 games. We'll take one final break, and when we come back, Listen to some Stars audio you may have missed here on Stars Edge on the Ticket. 
Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Welcome back to Star's Edge, the all Dallas Star show of record right here on Sports Radio, 96.7 and 13.10 The Ticket. I'm your host, Connor Caldwell, here for this final segment. We're going to listen back to some Dallas Stars audio you might have missed this week. And this is Josh Bogerard, Stars play-by-play man, on with the invasion. Hey, Josh. What's going on, guys? I'm, I'm looking forward to that baton toss on Monday. That'll be good. We'll be in Boston just waiting for it from the garden. I know. Maybe we need to pop you on so you can have a little pregame show of what's happening because nothing says President's Day like hockey in Boston with the Stars and the Bruins. Dang right. Uh, it, it's scripted. I mean, I think this is <laughs> this is what they wanted when they when they thought up the idea for the holiday. That's and then really right. for the nation. Right. So. <laughs> for everyone involved. All right. Yeah. Three uh, three wins in a row for the Stars, and they rocked. You know, the one one of the things I like about hockey, not the one thing, one of the things – is that you don't hear anyone bitching and moaning about someone putting up nine goals because they're always aggressive. They're always looking to put the puck in the net. And in other sports, people get mad. It feels like running up the score. But in hockey, they play, and no one says another word about it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's funny because in the sport right now, there's there's kind of some talk about the unwritten code because I don't know if you saw it. Uh, in Toronto, a uh, game between Toronto and Ottawa, someone took a slap shot into the empty net from like five feet out, and, uh, and one of the veteran Maple Leaf defense and went and cross-checked him in the face and got suspended for five games. And, and that's that's kind of like what you're alluding to. But it doesn't always happen with goal scoring because you can't entirely call off the dogs. The one the one time you actually can is on the power play. And a lot of times you'll see that in Pete DeBoer, who really respects the game, and he's, he's old school that way, and, and really just kind of understands situations. We've seen when the Stars are up by six, seven goals in the third period, you get a power play. He doesn't put his top guys out there. You put the, the bottom you know, six forwards out there and, and some lower depth chart defensemen. But last night was different. The ninth goal that they scored was a power play goal, and it was when a couple of their guys went right at Jamie Benn and gave the Stars an extended power play, and and Dallas is leading 8-2 at that time, and it's like, all right, well, usually you'd call off the dogs, but it's a rivalry game, and if you're going to take a run at the captain, then over the boards go the best players, and then another one goes to the back of the net, and and you turn an 8-2 game into a 9-2 game, but it was – it was just that kind of game and that kind of night, and and it is funny to look at you know those messages that are sent in those situations because it still is as physical a sport as you'll find, and it gets contentious, and uh, some of those rules go right out the window if if you want to take it to a different level, and we saw that last night. Yeah, last night uh, against the Predators, of course, in the previous game against the Predators, they kind of let the the Stars did let the Predators st- stick around into the second period, and then the Predators ended up humiliating the Stars on home ice. They sure didn't let that happen last night in Nashville as they put up four in the first and three in the second. What was the key last night to getting going really early against this uh, division rival? 
Yeah, it really was right from the opening faceoff. I mean, they they scored 35 seconds in, and that's always an, a nice little shot for any team. But we've seen before that one nothing leads, especially early on, they don't always translate into results, and the stars just never slowed down. I'll tell you, I I can't ever recall seeing as dominant an opening period as that was. Dallas outshot Nashville 18 to one and outscored them four nothing. I remember a couple weeks ago, there was a really tough period in uh, Philadelphia for the Stars. They kicked off a road trip, and they were held to a single shot on goal. And, uh, and that, was, that was a really bad period, and the Stars lost that game. But at the end of it, they were outshot, I think it was 15-1, to 1, but they were still trailing just one nothing. And goaltending is a big part of that. But when you get that many shots and hold the opposition to one, and it was a a floater shot, it wasn't even a a quality scoring chance on that shot on goal. It took about 14 minutes to get there. There was a sarcastic cheer from Nashville (laughs) at that time. I mean, it was 3 nothing at that time. They hadn't put a shot on goal. A defenseman comes in and, and puts a wrister from 50 feet out that Ottinger blockers aside and the place gives them a Bronx cheer in their home building. And it was just a sign of, of what the night was like. And that's, uh, that's what it was. It was one of those games where you want to play a full 60 minutes and you want to just take a game and never allow another team to get back into it. I mean, that, that game was two periods basically of a victory lap after they just stole the game and then some in the first. So Josh Andrew got back from his injury around mid-January, and uh, he's he's been the man. You 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 you're seeing it up close and personal. He has his legs back back right. There's no concerns about uh, Andrew. They kind of threw him into the fire. He got four games in a row, a couple games off, and five games in a row with a game off, and now he's on his fourth if he plays on Saturday. So it looks like he's right back to where he needs to be. Yeah, and on a career-long run of seven straight victories and seven straight decisions, and he's looked good when they've needed him to be. Um, you go back to you know the game out of the All-Star break in Buffalo where he put up a career-high saves. We're talking about a guy who's an All-Star, who's thought of as one of the better goalies in the NHL, still early in his career, but putting up some career numbers here in the last couple of weeks. And, and that's that's great news because – uh, as good as the season has been for the Stars, I think they always believed there was another gear. And as good as Jay Gottinger is and, and a well-deserved all-star, they probably believe that there was you know, even more there. And, and the Jake that you're seeing right now and, and the Stars team where they sit two-thirds of the way through the season, I mean, he looks like an all-star. He looks like one of the best goaltenders in the league. And he looks like a guy who's who's 100% ready for whatever comes his way and we got some some tough games coming his way for sure josh the uh one of the one i think one of the most unique things about this team is how deep they are they have 10 players with 30 plus points at this point in the season all last year they only had eight how advantageous is it for this team to not only be as as deep as they are but as efficient as they are across the board it's not just coming from two three guys it's it, it, you almost can't predict night to night where the damage is going to come from on this team. Yeah, I think as, as far as how advantageous it is, it's, it's really even hard to quantify. It's it's a type of attack that you seldom see, and, and it's reserved for a few teams and you know upper echelon teams. Dallas right now, we're 54 games in to an 82-game season. You're basically two-thirds of the way through. 
and the Stars are 20 games over 500, and they are the highest scoring team in the NHL. And they're tied for the number two record. Um, they're averaging almost four goals per game. And to your point, the guy who leads them in goal scoring is sitting, you know, in his early 20s in, in Rope Hints at 23 goals. But then they've got so many behind him. So it doesn't have to be one guy or one line. And, and there have been so many times where that has been the case for Dallas and, and for other teams. And that means that if that line isn't going, then it's a good chance that your team isn't going. Case in point, last night, the Stars put up nine goals in that route that we're talking about. And meanwhile, Rope Hintz did not register a point. And Joe Pavelski didn't register a point. And Jason Robertson had one assist. And when you can do that, and you can put up nine goals, and you can have what's considered to be your top line and, and one of the best lines in the NHL really held off the score sheet, I mean, that's a remarkable testament to what this team can do. And, and we've seen it throughout the season. It's not, it's not just lately. Like That's what it is. They've got three 20-goal scorers, and they've got all the guys in double-digit scoring that you're talking about. They've got more that are knocking on the door. They truly believe that they've got four lines that can score. They've got various defensemen who can find the back of the net. And when games tighten up and you're playing the best teams and, and playoffs roll around, we've seen it so many times. It's Stanley Cups, they're, they're filled with – you know, unlikely heroes in depth scoring and special teams plays a factor, obviously, but power plays aren't as big as, as they are in the regular season because opportunities aren't as plenty. And when you can get that kind of scoring from anywhere in your lineup and confidently feel like you don't have to run guys into the ground and play them 25 minutes a night from a forward position, it's, it's so advantageous for so many different reasons because you can rely, you could spread it around. You're a tougher matchup. Home and road doesn't really matter all that much because other teams can't take everyone out of your lineup. For all of the reasons that we're laying out right now, it's, it's, it's such a big tool to have. And I think, I think you could say that the Stars are the offensively deepest team in the NHL, and it's hard to find anyone better. And, and it's, it's a huge, huge part of their success. So the sweet spot buddy, Matt Duchesne, who's been really good here recently, <laughs> he, uh, I heard a soundbite from him earlier this week saying, hey, you know, it's a long season, and I know there's going to be a time where we struggle. We just have to make sure we don't have that for an extended time. They've only lost three games in a row once. They went two and five in a stretch from uh, uh, late November to early December. But, man, they have five games in the next seven days, and four of those puppies are on the road. If they can get through this uh, playing pretty well and maybe get three out of these five games as wins, you have to feel pretty good about the back half. There's going to be a lull at times, but it feels like this team is not going to have any sustained point of playing bad hockey where they just can't get it done. And that has to bode well for not only the rest of the regular season, but the playoffs and trying to get uh, really far down the road. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I'll, I'll touch on all that in a sec. You mentioned you, Shane. You have you have a chance to see him take the stage in Nashville. Like they they have clips 
on uh, on star social media and and it's it's starting to circulate out there the night before the game you know it's the mom's trip they're all yes. coming out and, and Duchesne, the former pred who he gets been documented he loved nashville loves country music grew up playing guitar comes from uh, family musicians and uh and he's broken out the guitar a few times uh his mom is there all the all the stars moms are there they all went out to tootsies on broadway he was up on stage playing and singing the night before and then uh and then goes out and scores two goals against his ex team in that route victory like what an what an incredible 24 hours to go back there uh for him so if if you haven't seen that you got to check that out and the duchene legend in dallas just continues to grow and grow um but what what you're talking about is is true what they have coming up right now on paper right i mean there's Injuries change things, and and you never know. You know, the flu could be going through a locker room right. where you have to face. Teams. So you never know how it's going to play out. And you look back and you think, all right, those are tough weeks. On paper, I think it's harder to find a more difficult week than what the stars are about to go into. You starting tomorrow against Edmonton, who's fresh off that historic run. You get a one-off home game as a matinee and. You touched down back in Dallas at like 2 a.m. You know, last night, and then you got to turn around and you play early on tomorrow. And then you immediately go on the road and you head to Boston, New York, Ottawa, and Carolina. Well, Boston and New York are two top five teams. Carolina's in the top ten. For some crazy reason, Ottawa has been a house of horrors for the Stars in recent years. Not a great team on paper, but still have a lot of talent. And that building has just been a really tough puzzle for Dallas to solve. And so you've got the condensed games that you're talking about. Edmonton, Boston, New York, three games in four days. You've got that long, week-long road trip. And and this is a team in Dallas that's heading into it in incredible form. They're 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. They're just a few points off the NHL lead for the best record in the sport. Uh, but they're about to get tested. And this is, this is a difficult week. Uh, but I think they're up for the challenge. And, and it should be a really fun week. But, yeah, this is – you're running a gauntlet here for the next few games. And, and it'll be – It'll be fun, and, and it'll be, you know, we'll talk in a week and then see where it shakes out. But they've got their work cut out for them for sure. Well, all right, Josh, thank you so much for the time, man. We always appreciate it. Love the information, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right, boys, have a good one. Don't miss Stars play-by-play man Josh Bogerard on with the invasion every single week right here on Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10 The Ticket. That's going to do it for us here on Stars Edge. We'll be back next weekend. The Dallas Stars will be on the road on President's Day to take on the Bruins at noon. Coverage right here on Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10 The Ticket. And then on Tuesday, they'll be at Madison Square Garden to take on the Rangers. On Thursday, they'll be in Ottawa to take on the Senators. And then on Saturday in Carolina to take on the Hurricanes. A four-game road trip all next week and catch every single game right here on the ticket. And we'll see you all next weekend. That's going to do it for another edition of Star's Edge. For my Blue Line partner, Ryan Baldwin, I've been your host, Connor Caldwell. Thanks so much for listening to Star's Edge right here on Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310 The Ticket. 
What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen.